Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Juliette Talevi, and joining me this evening are Wayne McCurry, eventually from F&B Wealth and Investments, and David Shapiro to start with from Sassan Securities. And if you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email us at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za, or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. David, good evening to you. Wayne is clearly slacking. He's obviously in holiday mode. Um, so <laughs> we shall start with you. Um, a pretty good day today. Um, I, I mean, the, the market up 0.6%, the rand's uh, quite strong. I guess it's a weaker dollar. Um, and some shares doing very nicely indeed, um, f you know, whether it's Glencore or Motus or even Telcom. Uh, what is your sense of what's actually happening with these markets? You know, despite our anger uh, with load shedding, and despite the way that we feel about where this economy is heading, stock market seems to be holding up pretty well and i keep looking for signs of weakness in the market you know perhaps uh, investors getting nervy about retail sales or or generally about the the state of the economy particularly now that we've upped the load shedding and investors just seem to be shrugging it off because you know even even a story like spa you know i thought oh, oh you know a big sell-off after the they kicked the ceo out and so on and yet Spar just brushes it aside and picks up. So I think there's, there, I, I'm finding a very strong undertone to this market, regardless of what's happening globally. Yeah, I mean, it's quite perplexing because really businesses are falling over now. Stage six load shedding yeah. for, uh, you know, um, a couple of weeks, it is, it's, it's starting to decimate businesses. But just on Spar, is it not, did the shares not rally? Because clearly the, the CEO and the chairman, their behavior, the weird loans that were struck, the, the forensic investigation that's gone on, they actually had to go and the share rallied on no. the back of that. But Julieta, you know, where you find trouble in a business, normally when you start digging, you'll find more, you know, and, and, and from my point of view, the fact that two very senior people have been forced to step aside or resign, you know, it does put question marks about the culture of the business. You know, that's my thinking. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, do we have to get involved? You know, I know it's a very good operation, but let me see this thing through. And yet people shrug it off. It's one of the recovery stocks of 2023 and continues to go higher. Mm. So I respect that. You know, it's <laughs> okay. You know, maybe I'm not seeing what they're seeing. Um, Wayne, what are you seeing? And um, thanks, and uh, nice to see you there this evening. Uh, I mean, Spa, for example, is on uh, John Bickard's buy list. It's in the 91 value fund. So they do go for slightly special situations. Is this going to be the look, sleeper actually, stock of 2023? Look, I actually agree totally with David. There's more to come out. You don't, you don't get these things happening in a major large company with, you know, very long track history, et cetera, et cetera without there really being a fundamental reason. So I'm pretty sure over the next, I don't know, week, two weeks, month, whatever, we will hear more from SPA as to what has happened and what they're doing to sort it out. But I don't think there's anything structurally wrong with the business at all. And I actually like it at this price. Uh, I, I think it's a, a reasonably good buy. And I mean, I know there might still be some you know, bad news coming out around SPA, but then that will be an opportunity maybe then to just buy more because I actually quite like it. Mm. 
Wayne, you, what is your sense of what we can expect from the markets this year? And um, mm -hmm. heaven forfend that we spend too much time poring over what the worthies at Davos are talking about. But um, yeah. the Financial Times had an interview <laughs> with the, the CEO of the, the Norway, the Norwegian um, Sovereign Wealth uh, Fund, I think it was, uh, who was saying that he's... Uh, he used the words, all the crap that has been flushed out of the market. So he, he talked about um, how there were some really bad IPOs that rushed in sort of immediately post-COVID. That kind of was flushed out of the market last year. But his sense is that you're going to expect very low returns for the foreseeable future. Would it be good for us to all temper our expectations? Look, I think that that's not a bad summary at all. I mean... Um, We've spoken about this so many times when the market bottomed out in, in October. You know, I thought that was the end of it and the market's going to run. I never thought it would do a full year's gain in two and a half months or three months because, you know, I would have been very happy with 80,000 at the end of this year. So from this level, I think returns will most likely be muted. And I think there's also a fairly good chance we'll see some correction. And it's not a return to a bear market. It's not a change in the overall market movement or direction or feeling, except that it has run just so, so hard. Mm. And it wouldn't at all be unusual to pull back a little bit. And should it pull back, then we must buy some. Mm. But at these levels, you start to think, well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it's had a massive, massive run. Um, David, are we killing your vibe this evening, <laughs> talking down the market? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Um, I, I keep talking to more and more people, and they keep asking me for dividend payers and, uh, you know, safe stocks. And I thought, oh, my God, it's like it's like taking me from the wing, you know, um, <laughs> and making me play in defense or something like that, you know, as a center back. So... It's just killing my spirit, but I continue to look for businesses. I, I, I I'm quite. Uh, there are a number of places where you're still going to make some growth in that, and take me away from trying to find stocks that pay three and a half or four percent dividend. I mean, a woe is me. You know that's anyway. Okay, well, hopefully you David, can... David, yeah. David, you, David, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be moaning too much. I mean, this is a Shapiro market. This. Yeah. This one's made for you. This one is here to make you happy. Yes, well, hopefully, hopefully it has it. consistency uh, and legs, shall we say. Okay, well, we'll get know, it. Wayne, yes. Seriously, I mean, you know, Wayne was saying that we've run out the blocks. I mean, we've a false start in that. But I was looking at some of the European stocks. You know, you're getting massive gains in the first couple of weeks. I'm talking 15 to 20%. You know, in, in some of these stocks. So, yes, there needs to be a little bit of a breather. But, you know, I can live with it. It's it's just help alleviate some of the losses that we sustained, perhaps, in some of the tech shares last year. Mm. So it's been an almighty start. Maybe I'll get they back to that. They haven't got yeah. the statement yet. So they don't even know, uh, you know, how strong it has been. Yeah, yeah well, hopefully you'll have um, be cracking open the bubbly on the 30, uh, well, yeah. at the end of January. And I'll, maybe I'll get back to the tech stocks and the Chinese tech stocks in particular yeah. in a minute. But I'm um, just going to questions. 
We have the news today that NAMPAC um, has adjourned its extraordinary general meeting that it was going to hold uh, where they were going to thrash out the, the details of a rights offer. And they had wanted to raise possibly up to 2 billion rand. Um, Wayne, the question is, um, NAMPAC's had a close to 56% run since the 15th of December. I mean, it, it dipped below a rand a share. And everyone said, oh my gosh, uh, are you even going to be able to get away with a rights offer? And then it rallied. Um, please could your panel, uh, also if Wayne is available, comment if I should hold on to it. I mean, Man, I, would still, I would still hold on, on to Nantak. I mean, Shapiro will remember very clearly in the 90s, this was an absolute blue chip company. I mean, it, it, it truly, truly was. And then it's hit terrible times, not entirely sure why it's had such a torrid time over many, many, many years, but I would actually still hold on to it despite, you know, despite the 50, 60% run we've seen in a month. Mm. I still think there's possibly more to come here. I mean, this thing is still very, very low price earnings ratio. The earnings can bounce quite extraordinarily, but yeah, I, I would still hold on actually. I mean, David, Mark Hassenfuss has written a piece in the Financial Mail this week, um, and it's understood, uh, it's not confirmed for sure, I think it's A2 Capital, uh, which is, uh, I think, Andre van der Feen, you know, um, you know ex-HCI, are, are, are part of this grouping of shareholders that are basically wanting to force management. They firstly want a transparent turnaround plan, and they don't want them to raise 2 billion rands, which would be double their, their market cap at the moment. So you can understand why, well, I suppose every other shareholders are now looking at this thinking, okay, yeah, we don't, yeah, um, there's possibility that they don't have to raise this much money at this discounted price. It's a, it, it's a huge amount of money. But I, there possibly, there might, you know, as Wayne says, I, there might be opportunities there to streamline operations. I think sometimes we discount what these operations are worth. You know, we we write them off. They've got a huge, you know, this is a company that's been around for many, many years, I, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. And, uh, you know, in that comes a lot of um, understanding of markets, a lot of machinery, a lot of uh, skills. So sometimes, uh, you know, I'm with Wayne. I would, I would just hold on and see what they can do out of it instead of running and quickly raising money, you know, which is a perhaps an easy way out. Uh, you know, we prefer to see them trade their way out of trouble now. If if the working capital is under pressure, well, then you know maybe that maybe they've got to find ways to uh, um, to increase efficiencies to do that. You know, it's a difficult situation, mm. but um, just be careful. Don't don't chuck it away and uh, just watch it. You know, I, there are many businesses like that in South Africa that are there. You know, that that that's where we keep looking for these so-called value plays. And what's happening is they're being taken off the market. Mm. You know, it's very, in the valuations, you don't get that, what would you call it, you know, those legacy issues or that uh, um, they're intangibles, that, those kind of skills you can't really price in. Yeah. But I know I'm getting carried away here, but I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, though, that they've—I mean, uh, Mark actually made the point that they um, their market cap, I think, is less than Transpaco, which was always a much, yeah. much smaller company. Mm -hmm. And Transpaco itself has bought assets off Nampac and done mm -hmm. an exceptionally good job with them, where Nampac couldn't. So there's clearly 
some sort of deep-seated managerial problem which has not dogged the company for a long yeah. time that they have to get mm. right. But, but if they can get it right, uh, yeah. maybe this is what the share price performance is telling you. Just hang in there. They've got the assets. They've just got to run them properly. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. A lot, a lot of noise over a small business. I mean, sure. Well, it wasn't a small business, as Wayne says, and I think even <laughs> even Bidvest. It I was a big business. It was a big business, oh. as you say. It was a top forty company. Okay, I'm uh, moving on from NAMPAC, but actually in the same uh, vein, rather, there's a question asking what are the small, small cap stocks of 2023 that the panel uh, uh, would propose one must look at? Wayne, are there any obvious contenders for you in the small cap sphere? Well, I'm, 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 I'm not a nitbast per se a, a small cap person, but one theme that I'm looking at in quite, quite uh, uh, intensely now is this self-generation of power. Eskim, and we all know this, Eskim cannot sort itself out. The government eventually came to the conclusion that Eskim and themselves cannot sort, them, sort it all out, and they're handing it over to the private sector. And the amount of cash that's going to go into this is going to be astonishingly large. I mean, truly large. So, I mean, indirect beneficiaries of this is Roynet, uh, Udeco, Invicta, you know, they, I, I think we must look at these old-fashioned engineering supply type of companies in this environment because, I mean, I don't know the number, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's I don't know, 150 billion rand, 200 billion rand going to be invested in power generation over the next three, five years. Yeah. And they are going to be, they are going to be beneficiaries. So that's what I would look at. Mm easily uh, uh, that amount of money. The only problem is that ESCOM has got to get its act together in terms of the transmission grid, which, yeah, which is look, why... It's much easier. There's far less risk than to building transmission lines. They have far less low tech than building new power stations. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, we shall and leave it there. Take as long. Yes. The viewer asked for small caps. So, um, Wayne, yeah, was, I mean, I suppose you know, mid caps, I, I guess I would r maybe classify Roynitz and Hudekin and Victor yes. along those lines uh, more like. But anything in, in, in South Africa, uh, the South African market that you think has been neglected or ignored? Um, I'm pretty much where Wayne was. In fact, even in my competition, you know, I chose Roynitz. I like Invicta. I like Udeco as well. I think those are the businesses that are going to prosper. You might even find a Barlow World uh, doing well as, you know, in, in the same light. I think a lot of capital expenditure is going to take place. Uh, you know that what we have to do to repair our roads, to repair this whole country uh, mm -hmm. needs a lot of attention. But I think uh, in terms of uh, energy, I think that's going to be the prime area of spend. And that's a global issue. Um, I don't know. You know, I look at uh, a lot of the smaller, you know, some of the retailers and some of the other businesses, and there's nothing there that really grabs me. Um, City Lodges and the Sun Internationals and so on. I still think they've got a lot of, uh, you know, a long way to go. Hmm. But I would look for engineering as uh, as an area of, of investment. Okay. You know, if you if you drop the product on your toe and it hurts, buy it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, well, hopefully you don't. Um, but um, there's a question on a company called Alviva, which used to be Pinnacle yes. Pinnacle Holdings, um, and the com uh, the question was, 
uh, excuse me while I pull it up. Um, could you please ask the panel, is Alviva a hold or do I sell? Um, I'm a bit confused about what's going on in Alviva because they came out with announcements. They're, they're selling themselves at 28 Rand a share. And yet they, today you had RMB Morgan Stanley upping their stake. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so I don't really understand uh, a way and why they would do that if, if there's a buyout no, offer on the table. Unfortunately, you got me on this one. I, I literally don't know anything. <laughs> unless, unless Morgan Stanley feel that, uh, you know, buying it for the buyout. Um, I don't know. I saw that announcement as well. But I think that's going to be a trend that we're going to see with a lot of small caps. Um, I don't know Alviva that well. Didn't you choose it last year? No, I didn't. Isn't it? Oh, Sonova, I wish I maybe. had. Santova, Santova. Was, was one of my picks yeah, last sorry. year. Oliva, yeah. Santova, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, totally different companies, by the way. Um, uh, yes, so if there's a buyout offer on, on the table, um, yeah. I, mean, if you, I mean, if you've been holding the share, do you just sell out now? Uh, yeah. the, the time value of money means, you know, take the money and, and look somewhere uh, else. Julian, if it's trading at that level, you know, if it's trading at the buyout level and you feel that's where the upside is, you may as well take it. Because I, I'm just still waiting for Distel. I think we've been waiting 18 months to get our money, you know, and this thing is just never seems to be finalized, you know, and uh, it would have paid probably to have taken the money a long time ago, invested it in something else, even if you put it into government bonds. But um, it's just been hovering, waiting for, for finality. So I think once you've got the top end of the market, once you've got there, unless you really believe someone else is going to top that, just take the money. Mm, okay. Yeah. You know? Um, when uh, Richmond came out with a trading update today, they were talking mm. about a sales update, and everything was great, double digits essentially in war in many of the regions, except for Asia Pacific. Um, and Richmond has been one of the, uh, it's had a very good start to the year, as you, as you said, yes. uh, along with some of the European luxury stocks. Uh, and in fact, actually, uh, this was a trend that began last year, sort of. Um, with uh, the Chinese economy, with China dropping the zero COVID policy, do you think this, there's going to be a next leg up for Richmond, or do you think maybe it's got a bit of a head of itself? Look, I mean, these were very good results, but we all know that this thing's trading essentially, I think, at record highs. I wouldn't be buying right now. It has had an almighty recovery. So I would sit back a little bit. Yeah, it's still a great company, as we all know. But, you know, it's, this is not cheap. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they're cheaper shares than this at the moment. Mm. I mean, David, I have to I kick myself because when they, they came out with a trading update that really spooked the market last year, it was, it was March or April, yeah. the shares fell 13% in one day. And I thought, yeah. this is nuts. Th this is wrong. And I should be buying shares. And of course, I never did. And now it's, I figure it's a bit too late. Yeah. I, you know, it's... It's Richmond has never been cheap, but um, I think when you release Chinese consumers and they start traveling and buying watches, uh, who knows where it's going to take them? Because if you looked at those numbers, their, their specialized watches were actually down. It was jewelry that was up. So there might be an opportunity there. I think what you might want to do is 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 maybe go into Swatch or something. I know that Richmond is a local company, but Swatch has perhaps fallen behind. But also, I you know, I, I think if China does start spending and we do see the benefits, which wasn't in these results, 
understand that it's you know Xi only pivoted, he only pirouetted, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So it's not there. Um, I think it could make a bit of a difference. It's one of those companies that uh, uh, you know is always expensive, but uh, always does well. Mm. But don't and, and, underestimate what the Chinese can spend. Mm. Yeah, I think an important thing, I suppose, almost as a lesson, is that when a company comes out with excellent results and the share price doesn't move, yeah. it's telling you that the market's expecting these results. In other words, there's a lot of good news in the price. Yeah, because yeah. the share was up, what, 1% a day, and you thought, yeah. okay, and maybe it's getting a bit tired. Results. I actually thought they'd be better because I was listening to an interview uh, with the Breitling uh, CEO, who was so optimistic about watch sales, you know, these are all very specialized watches. I think I think Breitling's owned by Partners, which is a, a Swiss company, you know, which is a Swiss uh, private equity business. So that, but uh, you know, that made me think. And the one the one share that stood out, you know, looking at it is maybe Swatch that looks a little cheaper than perhaps Richemont. Richemont has had an incredible mm -hmm. run. Yeah. Okay. And and what about Chinese tech stocks? So I think the gain is something like seven hundred odd billion dollars <laughs> in a few weeks. Um, and Tencent itself is up about eighty percent since its October lows. Wayne, you've seen that, uh, which is part of the reason why the JSC All Share Index has done as well as it has here to date, yes. because it's been lifted by the performance of NASPAS and Process. Uh, do you think it's starting to maybe tail off or, or, or actually it's done what it was going to do and, and don't get carried away? Yeah, look, I mean, you must just remember NASPAS has come from you know, yeah. 1,500 to 3,000 in, in a relatively short space of time. Um, and it's it's virtually back at record highs, almost you know within a shadow of record highs, and it's fantastic. And I certainly it was very very cheap, um, you know, on the back of that attack of attack by by Chinese government on on tech shares. But you must remember the tech bubble is over now. Notice I didn't say it's burst because these these uh, many 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 of these tech companies will be with us literally the rest of our lives but the excess valuation of being a tech company i think is what's out of the system now so by and large i think they've done their thing i, I wouldn't be a huge overweight position in, in 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 tech now i mean certainly you know when everything was down 50 60 percent and we did speak about it yeah often you know that was the time to go and buy and we certainly spoke about buying the tech shares at the bottom but certainly the chinese tech Tencent, Alibaba, and then by definition, Process and Naspers would be a little bit worried about going to buy them now. Mm. David, how do you feel? Because also this time last year, we were we had turned a lot more circumspect uh, what, yeah. uh, on the Chinese market in general. And I don't know if maybe we should still apply that same level of circumspection. Yeah. Uh, Chinese I'm, I'm tech still cautious aside. of tech shares. In fact, even when they were that low, I said, if you want to play China, rather play the consumer. You know, and I still stick to that view. I feel far more comfortable um, looking where they're going to spend money, whether it's on travel, you know, airlines, uh, luxury, um, and so on, more so than tech. I don't know. You know, we still don't know whether the games will be released and, and, and how the authorities will approach it. They have recovered dramatically. Um, I still think they're expensive. If you look at that fundamentals, you know, Tencent is starting to look a little rich in fact, not a little rich, very rich on that. <laughs> very rich, yes. Yeah. Mm. So no, I don't think the fundamentals have changed all that much. 
and they weren't that great when they were at the bottom so you can imagine at these kind of levels yeah now look i think tech shares are just now are just now companies they've got to prove earnings they've got to prove cash flow to to, to maintain valuations they're just companies now and they're going to be valued as companies mm. particularly in light of high interest rates which have uh, which which changed the whole. I think they also overspent, Julieta. You know, you see, you're looking today. Uh, Amazon are going to. Uh, sorry, Microsoft, uh, Microsoft <laughs> laying off ten thousand. Amazon eighteen thousand. You know, all these companies, Meta, and so on. And I think they just. I don't want to say they became arrogant. They just became a little too full of themselves with yes. uh, all the money they were generating and just spending it on on nonsense and all of a sudden the markets uh, they're sobering up at the moment and 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 drawing back on all of that and yeah. yes they'll generate lots of cash yeah and uh, but as wayne says i think we're going to approach the valuation completely different to where mm -hmm. we were two or three years ago and you know this happens every bull market whether yeah. it's financial services or Platinum shares or Listed 2010 property. World Cup shares. It's every bull market is exactly the same. These companies' share prices soar up to massive heights. Management think they know what they're doing. They they pay extraordinary prices for ex for acquisitions, the building and construction listing boom. It's actually a very normal bull market behavior. You know, everyone's a genius in a bull market. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Well, uh, getting to your stock picks this this evening in this um, febrile market environment, um, Wayne, what what would you be going for, if anything, if you think the market's running? No, I'm, I'm going for I'm going for an asset manager ninety one. Uh, I think one of the premier asset managers in the world, and certainly if, you know that's come out of South Africa, and a bull market is great for an asset manager's profits. Eh? I mean, it is just that money just falls straight to the bottom line. So maybe coronation as well, but I'm going for 91 years. It's a 10 price earnings ratio and the bull market. I mean, literally, you get a 20% bull market. Your revenue goes up by 20% because you've got asset-based income and your expenses don't change. Yeah. It okay. is hugely profitable. Yeah, and good dividends. Um, David, how about you? Yeah, I discovered a company that I should have discovered last year called Ulta, U-L-T-A, which is a beauty company, very much like Sephora in the U.S. And wonderful concept. I mean, just, you know, you know, like clicks here. Well, this is the equivalent in, in the United States, but I mean, at a much more extreme level, huge businesses where it's a one-stop shop for all beauty products, including hair salons and everything like this. And it has something like 200 stores around the country. I didn't know it existed. And I have to plead my ignorance in that sense. But just the business that I'm looking at uh, a lot more carefully, simply because of its defense. You know, beauty is, is as you say, the lipstick factor is just uh, still a very, very good area to be in. I mean, they've had a phenomenal share price run. You know it. I've never yeah. heard of it before, but the, the share price graph Please. that we've just showed uh, looks fabulous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hopefully we haven't missed the it's boat right. on this one. Well, I, I, I still think it's in its early days, you know, so yeah. Okay, we shall leave it there. David Wayne, nice to see you both at the start of the year. Uh, thanks to you uh, both. Wayne McCurry is from F&B Wealth and Investments and David Shapiro is from Saskatchewan Securities. And the night he's back with Stockwood tomorrow night. Have a good evening. Thank you.